I'm Morgan Hanso. And I'm Dave Hanso. And we believe that every person is created with unique passions and talents. And yet most of us don't live as if that's true. Welcome to the LGH TV podcast. So we wanted to give you a quick update on what is happening with LGH TV and more specifically, The Find Season 2. Um, right now it's in post-production. Uh, I, we just finished episode 4, is that right? Yeah, I think we just gave our final uh, edits for episode four last Friday. Yeah, so we still have two more episodes to go. Then it goes to the color grader, color corrector, animator. And then in October, we are going to be releasing it. Yeah, we are excited. We get to officially announce October 23rd as the premiere for The Find Nicaragua. We will be hosting a premiere event in our hometown of Grand Junction, Colorado at the historic Avalon Theater on Friday, October 23rd. Doors open at 6, show starts at 7. We're going to have VIP options with an incredible after party. Uh, Brad Corrigan, who is our guest host from Nicaragua, also in the band Dispatch, will be here playing music for us along with um, Some live art by our buddy Patrick Maxey. We're flying in a couple of the filmmakers to be here, answer questions, hang out with you all. So we invite you to that event. It's going to be so epic. Um, last time we had about seven or 800 people, right, at the, at the first season premiere. Actually, I think it was more like 900. It could have been. So our hope is that we have nearly 1,000 people hanging out to watch the season two premiere. And then on top of that, Um, getting this VIP after party for our closest few hundred friends um, and getting, yeah, just an amazing night. It's going to be fun. Yeah, bring the whole family out or make a trip out to Grand Junction. We'd love to meet you in person. Welcome to the first official podcast for LGH TV. Yeah, this has been one of um, our dreams is to get this sucker going. Um, part of it is because that's how we get inspired on a weekly basis is a handful of podcasts. And, um, and so we couldn't be more thrilled to finally get going on this. Yeah. And for us as well, you know, we have been releasing the find and then we released season one in March. Season two is coming out in October, but for these months in between, we're realizing that we need to do something to connect and continue storytelling. So I think the podcast for us was kind of a no-brainer. And so what this is going to look like uh, is uh, right now we are sitting in our kitchen. Uh, We're not even at the LGH office, partly because we just wanted to be a bit more relaxed. Um, But this is going to be conversations that we probably are having anyway, but we've decided, hey, why not record them? And then secondly, we want to invite Um, some of our friends, some people uh, that we think are impacting the world in really unique ways and invite them into interviews and conversations as well. Yeah, it's going to be good. So we're here at our kitchen table with these flowers that Dave got me yesterday because I was having a bad day. Um, Actually, it was our son's idea, Asher. I can't really take full credit of it, but it was a whole family ordeal stacking our hands around Morgan yesterday. She was having a rough one. So, but yes, we are surrounded by some flowers and our computer and this microphone that came in the mail last week. And here we go. Here we go. So for our first podcast, we uh, were chatting about this for the last couple of weeks going, what do we want to do on this 
first one. And um, for, for me, since I was, um, since we were young, uh, it's been this idea of, of being invited into bigger stories that's really driven so much of what we have put our hands to over the years. Right. You know, talking about an invitation, like these last few weeks, we have hosted or been a part of hosting at least three different events where we had to send out invitations. And who doesn't love getting an invitation to something? A formal invitation to a party or a get-together. And yet most people uh, wait around for those invites and aren't typically the people who send them out. Um, it was reminding me of this story in high school. Morgan, you were there because we have been dating since we were 15 years old. Um, well, we're married now. Well, we're married now. <laughs> that is true. 14 years. Been together for 18 years. Um, I had this Halloween party, and it wasn't one of those like rager Halloween parties. Like, I think my parents were in the house, and you know, it wasn't, we weren't actually that bad of kids. Um, but there were a lot of people at my house. We, we had kind of put the word out we were going to have this Halloween party, and easily a hundred people um, down in my garage and throughout the house and outside. And it was super fun. And, um, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, there are these guys in black masks and, and dressed in all black, and they're running around the side of your house right now. You guys better go over there. Was that right when people were outside in front of the garage boxing? <laughs> yeah, they had boxing matches. My young brother, Brian, he uh, it was kind of his thing. I don't know. He liked boxing. It was They were fun. They weren't fights. These were like, just, hey, put on some boxing gloves and punch each other. Yeah, that's not fun for me at all. Um but anyway, so my buddy Ryan, my best friend all through high school, we both competed in bodybuilding. And so we had a little bit of testosterone going and um, we said, okay, we're going to go find these guys. So we go around the side of the house and I see these two guys in all black um, trying to get into our electrical box. Come to find out later, they were trying to turn off the electricity to the party and shut it down, you know, kind of end the party. And so they see us and they sprint to their van. They're in this van. They jump in it just like you'd, you'd see in some heist. Um, we get in uh, to our car. We run around to the house, get, get into our car. We grab bats because we don't know what we're doing, but we know we got to do something. Again, not the smartest move, but we're in high school and we think we're tougher than we are. And so we get in a car and we follow this van for miles and miles. And the whole time we're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Finally pull over. The van pulls over. And my buddy Ryan and I both get out with bats in our hands, not knowing really what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, I see this friend of mine <laughs> pull off his mask. And so Dave, 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 Dave puts his hands up. He's like, it's just me. It's just me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I go, Nate buddy, what are you doing? I mean, everything in me was really disappointed because we thought we were going to like get in a fight or something. Um, Which really wasn't you anyway. Oh, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't me in high school, but this was going to be the time, you know. Um, he goes, we were just playing a practical joke and, um, you know, we were bummed that we didn't get invited to the party. And that was his reason. <laughs> Come to find out years down the road, I've chatted with him and we're friends now and you know, he says, we didn't get invited to the party. And I said, well, nobody did. We just had a party. This was a Halloween party. There was no invitations. There were no, nobody got invited or didn't. Um, and it is this perfect picture for me uh, how often 
we as people wait around for an invitation into into yes parties, but also um, living kind of this bigger story. Um, and when we don't get invited by somebody or we don't feel like the perfect job lines up or the perfect idea or the financing or whatever it is, um, we sit around and we wait. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that in our own lives to an extent. We've gone through seasons where, you know, it's easier to choose self-pity and frustration and, you know, wallow in that it's not fair uh, than it is to step out and actually bring the party. I mean, I feel like in life you have a couple options. You can either wait for other people to pick you or you can realize that the invitation is already there and you have to pick yourself. That's something I think we always talk about, right? Picking yourself. Yeah, yeah, choosing yourself. And it's one of the things we consistently tell our kids um, is is as we invite them into into these bigger stories and travel the world with them shooting the find as we moved to Africa years ago. Our hope is is that as we invite them into larger stories uh, when they're young, that as they get older, they're going to be kids who choose those larger stories for themselves and don't wait for someone else to pick them. Yeah. And as a mom, I mean, that's the hope, right? Um, But the reality is that we have kids who are going to be nine in a month and, uh, you know, our son will be 11 in December. So, and yet they're still kids. And sometimes I wonder, I don't know, what did Jaden say last night at the dinner table? She was saying, oh, when I get old, I want to live in a mansion. And it just is like, oh my gosh, that's like the antithesis of everything that we are trying to be about. And I know she doesn't really mean it, but... But that was started because our son Asher says, Dad, are we poor? <laughs> and we had to say, no, 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 no. By by no means are we poor. Um, and of course, our kids know that more than anybody because they've traveled the world and actually seen poor people. Right. But I'm saying, too, that for our kids, we they're still kids. And they still joke about those things. And at times I wonder, are they really getting it? Um, but they're kids. Yeah. And our hope is that we instill enough of this into them and we keep inviting them into the story that when they get older and they reflect back on their upbringing, that they're going to be grateful for these times and the invitation that we gave them into using our gifts and our passions to tell stories. Yeah. So going back to the beginning of LGH, we had a biological son, Asher, We were in the process of adopting our second child from Uganda, Africa. And after two years, didn't necessarily see an end in sight. Remember that day we got a call and the orphanage said it was going to be another six months. And it was kind of like like it could be six months, it could be longer. And for almost a year at that point, we had been waiting for a call on a daily basis because all the paperwork was done, everything was finished, and we were just waiting for them to say we have a child available. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I even was coming out of the holiday season and I had made a a Christmas stocking and, you know, you're just waiting for that child. And when they told us it was going to be a while, my heart dropped and I said, okay, let's just move to Africa and find our child. In the middle of tears, I remember, I I even remember going, weren't we driving to like a birthday party that day? Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And I remember driving to that party and you saying, you know, through tears, um, you know, and I'm as the husband. I'm like, hey, we're we're about to show up somewhere. Like, wipe the tears away. We're gonna be okay. Just hold on. And um, you're saying, I think we need to move there. And um, 
I remember thinking you're crazy, but also in the back of my mind going, wow, you could be right. Like this could be the start of of something a little crazy that we had never imagined. It really made no sense from a logistics standpoint. We owned a home. You had a full-time job. We had a two-year-old at the time. Yeah. But we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and, again, waiting for that invitation to come, to come basically get our, our, our son or daughter. And when it didn't come, we kept getting more and more frustrated until the day that it broke Mm -hmm. and we decided and something shifted right in in your your head and in in heart and and in mine Mm -hmm. and it was just like hey let's just make this happen why can't we just move over there yeah and And it seems it seemed crazy at the time and i know that we quickly you quickly came around and then we had to just tell our family quickly as well well. we were 25 well, we were young. We were 25 years old. Um, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing in life, <laughs> let alone ha- how to move our family to Africa. And um, we didn't know a single person in Uganda. Um, but you're right. One of the first things uh, we knew we had to do um, is tell our family. And the reason why we did um, was because we knew we would talk ourselves out of it. We knew that if we didn't tell some close friends and family, uh, we would talk ourselves out of it because it just, it, it practically, it made no sense. Right. Practicality screams loudly. Yeah. It, practicality we, screams loudly. That is for sure. Yeah. And if we didn't make that decision and kind of put our stake in the ground and say we were going to do this, we were going to find heaps of reasons why we shouldn't. And so uh, a couple weeks later, I made a trip with a friend of mine who was going over to Kenya anyway. Um, and I made a trip with him and I said, hey, I'd love to come over there and we need to be in this little town, Jinja, Uganda, which at the time uh, had one access to internet at this little coffee shop, no restaurants. I mean, it was tiny. And I said, I would love to go over there and know what I'm getting my family into and maybe I could go and try to find a house for us to live in because we have no idea where we're going to live. Uh, you were unsuccessful with the house. Unsuccessful. But you did go to the baby home, and when you showed up, they handed you this little girl and said, she's available for adoption. And I remember getting that picture in email that day, uh, and that little girl is now our daughter and turns nine next month. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. All, All because you know that one day you make that one little decision to say yeah let's um let's stop waiting and let's let's be proactive instead of just reactive and um and so about a month two months later we moved to Uganda knowing that it would take this time to uh finish up the adoption process and we'd have to go to court and get a lawyer i mean it, it the process at the time was pretty difficult and um and but we did it yeah. And so we show up day one and no idea where to live. So we go to the only hotel in town that we knew of. And it was right along the Nile River. And we, every day, go to the orphanage and spend hours upon hours with who ends up being our daughter, Jaden. Uh, we fall in love with her. And, um, and in that process, uh, meet this whole group of women. And so many of you know this story, but... Uh, this ended up being a group of women who we called Subi and made an amazing product line for seven years of, of paper beaded jewelry 
and um, all because we said yes um, to not only in the, the invitation to use our life for more, but at some point we had to say, okay, it's time. It's time for us to make that make that call and stop waiting to be called by somebody else. Yeah. Um, while you're talking there, it reminds me of one of the quotes from the upcoming season of The Find uh, in Nicaragua where Brad, I think I say something about it's crazy what happens when you say yes. Because for us, it did. It just, I proposed an idea, an invitation to you and our family, and you said yes. And then look what happened. Yeah. You know, and I think in season two, I say something about saying yes to an invitation. And Brad Corrigan, who's also in the band Dispatch, says, Yeah, I'm not going to give myself a lot of credit because you can say yes even when you're filled with fear. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. And I think that's so true. It's not that we say yes and we totally knew what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, we said yes, um, but there was a lot of unknowns, a ton of unknowns. We didn't know where we were going to live. And a ton of fear, especially as a husband. You know, I'm like, well, how are, how are they going to live? It's not like we have a lot of money at all. Um, what, what are we even doing? And um, I have a two-year-old that I'm supposed to be making sure is safe and taken care of, and I'm bringing them into the unknown. I mean... Had we, could we have fast-forwarded years upon years, I would have realized that actually the place we're at was really beautiful and we loved it and, um, it really and, and very safe. And um, But at the time, we had no idea. It was very unknown. Right, and we had parents and family who were supportive but and friends who were supportive. And we had some friends and family who were not supportive and verbally um, expressed their concern at us being foolish and... Uh, especially our parents, they were concerned about our son. Like, why yeah. are you bringing our only grandson to Africa? Like, what is that going to hold for him? And right. What if he gets sick or what if you need a hospital? And and we didn't know. We didn't know any of those things. So, yeah, sometimes we just have to say yes. And um, this is the epitome of faith, right? It's believing that you can go try these things and do these things without actually knowing what the outcome is going to be. Um, but one of the things that we've always said, um, as we sense this urge um, of being invited into bigger and bigger stories and different stories over time, um, is that we'd rather fail trying these big, beautiful things with our lives than to have to wonder what if. Mm-hmm. Years down the road, it's much more scary for me to be a 50, 60, 70-year-old and to have to wonder, wow, what if we would have tried that? What if we would have moved over um, to Africa? What if we would have... Uh, tried this business, done this thing, tried to shoot a TV show, um, that's way scarier than to fail. Yeah, and that was something that was on our radar in 2007 when we started this. I remember even, I think, putting that in the first brochure when we were trying to to solicit funds and donations from our friends and family to support us for that first um, stint in Africa. It was like we, we would rather fail trying something than wondering what if. Yeah. Down the road. So the invitation is for all of us. We've come to realize that it's normal people like us who get to live these big, beautiful lives, whether that means moving to Africa or that means starting anything, being the person who invites people over for a party to your house this weekend, whether that means um, inviting your friends or your family into something that otherwise they wouldn't be invited into. Um, that call is for all of us. So say yes. Say yes to the invitations that you are given. 
Say yes to the invitations that draw you into greater depths of community and friendships. And create your own invitation for yourself to do things that are stirring in your soul. And, of course, we hope that you will say yes to our invitation to join us weekly on LGH TV's podcast. Yeah, so may we be those kinds of people. And I think of that... We have wrapped episode one. Um, one of the things that we have said from the beginning when, when we started this podcast is we really wanted to um, let you all in on the things that are inspiring us, making us stay alive, keep us um, having fresh ideas. And so each week we want to offer a couple of the things that have been inspiring us. And so we're going to do that. Okay. You, Do you want Mark? to start with me? I would love it because I don't have mine yet. I got to okay. rack my brain. I've been, I've been listening to a lot and reading a lot lately. Um, well, I love music, but Dave, you're definitely the the music guru in our home. So I definitely do not download or buy music very often. I can work in silence, and I don't know. That's just who I am. But. Yeah. I actually bought the single of Rachel Platten's fight song this last week <laughs> because to me it is so, I feel like it's an anthem. Um, and I actually found a YouTube uh, video where it just loops for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So we've and we've, we've had listened that to this our... a few times in our house. For an hour, the song plays over and over, just to be clear. But if I'm honest, when I watch that video on YouTube... I cry every single time because it just gets me. I don't know. There's something about that song and the anthem of believing in yourself and stepping out into the unknown, saying yes to something in your heart that you know that you can do or be about. And I mean, gosh, it's actually just everything we talked about today. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, yeah, it's been that song and gotten pretty passionate about singing it really loud, even though I'm a horrible singer. So You're not that bad. Um, I'm oh. horrible. But yeah, so that's that's mine. It's been really encouraging and inspirational. So my recommendation this week is a book by an author um, and actually a Franciscan priest called Richard Rohr. Um, it's called The Naked Now. I just devoured this book and I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, he poses so many questions and this idea of uh, a non-dualistic view of the world, meaning things are never as black and white and it, as we may seem, as it may seem. And um, as we grow older, uh, we've come to learn that ourselves, Morgan and I, that um, things we thought were just so bad when we were young, we've realized actually there's some good. And so he introduces um, this third way of viewing things. He, I love this line, and he says why, and, and he introduces this throughout the book. Um, he says, and I'm reading now, why do so many people have a clearer idea of what they're against than what they are for? Mm-hmm. Um, you might wonder why in politics we call people strong simply because they never change their mind. You wonder why the same storyline of good guys and bad guys is the narrative of most movies, novels, operas, and theater. You wonder why people who hate religion tend to attack it with the same dogmatism that they hate in religion. And so he introduces this third way of, of looking at things. And so anyway, can't recommend it enough. The Naked Now, it made me come alive. And uh, I think you'll love it. <laughs>